Thank you so much for your worship. You know, it's not every Sunday that I get to have my pastor preach, um, but today is one of those days. Many of you last summer met Pastor Brian Beloy. Uh, pastor Brian pastors Westridge Church in Dallas, Georgia. That's in Northwest Atlanta. You never get to Dallas, Georgia, unless you're going there on purpose because you don't go through it on the way to anywhere else. It's just a it's just a little redneck country town in the hills of North Atlanta. But they're a church, and Pastor Brian is a pastor who's been very very important. To Danielle and I, when we began um, to think about starting a church eight years ago, they stepped into our life and said, let us help you. Pastor Brian's heart and passion is church planning. Over the last 21 years, his church has planted more than 200 churches like ours all over the country. If you can imagine 200 Journey Church Internationals, there are 200 of us all over America because of Pastor Brian and his church. They developed a coaching leadership preparation system for church planners that was so good that the largest church planning organization in America, the North American Mission Board with the Southern Baptist Convention, came to them and said, can we use that? And they gave it to them and said, plant as many churches as you can. Since they've done that, they've planted 1,200 churches, which means this little church in the hills of Northwest Atlanta uh, has planted more than 1,400 churches the last 20 years. A few years ago at Easter, they said, hey, all the churches that kind of we helped start, how many people did you have at Easter? And through Westridge Church and all the churches they've started, more than 70,000 people were in church on an Easter Sunday because of Pastor Brian and his wife Amy and their church saying, let us help you. And when I say they, they helped us, they gave us money, they gave us time. He said, I'll become your pastor. I'll answer a call seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Um, he's become my pastor. He has done the crazy runaround schedule of Journey Church International today. We've been here for two. We've been at Summit Lakes. We're back. And I told him the 11 o'clock is the service you can really take your time in. The rest of them, you got to go fast. But 11, take your time. So we walked out of Summit Lakes and he said, I can preach for two hours now in the 11. And I said, you got it. Um, but he won't. I promise you he won't. Because he's in town because his son is a professional baseball player. He's a relief pitcher for the Fargo, um, what's their mascot? For the, the Fargo Red Hawks. Um, and when he signed his contract to play with them uh, out of a little Division three college in Tennessee, he sent me the schedule. And their first uh, series of the year was against Kansas City T-Bones. And I said, if you are coming in to watch him pitch, you have to preach for me on Sunday. So Friday night, we got to go out to the ball game, watch baseball. They got rained out last night. They have a doubleheader today that starts at 1. So I know he'll be off this stage by noon because he's got to get to the legends by 1 to watch his boy pitch. But we are so glad that he's here. Would you put your hands together and welcome Pastor Brian back to our podium today? Love you, too. So good. I don't know how Christian does this every Sunday, but uh, it's a crazy little schedule y'all got going on here. And, uh, but I'm just so thankful to be here and, and I love this church and I don't know how many times I've been here now, but, uh, I love every time we come and my wife, Amy is somewhere in here. Um, she's been rolling around in the car with us going from this campus to that campus. And, um, I, I, I just want to say this, uh, and I appreciate the, the kind words that Christian spoke about our impact in church planting, but truly Christian and Danielle are, are, are two, like, I don't know if you're supposed to have favorite kids, but they're our favorite kids. Okay. Um, and they are not just a dynamic couple, but this is a dynamic family, which I'm so grateful for. And I, I look at little Christian and, 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 and Casey, and I, I watch Casey lead worship online and, and just following Christian from afar and whatever, you know, what he's doing and, and those two together. And, and I'm just blessed to know them. And I'm so glad that you guys get a chance to just do life and ministry with them. And, uh, and Christian told me a moment ago, he said, I've made lifelong friends as part of this journey. And 
some of you are part of that. So thank you for supporting them so well and loving on them. Well, um, I know you're in a series called Address the Mess, and, and Christian uh, had asked me to speak, and he asked me to speak on something. Um, he said, what do you want to talk about? And I said, well, I'm going to talk about something I really don't deal with a whole lot, uh, stress. I know everyone else does, but I don't. Um, no, actually, uh, I'm gonna, I'll be honest, it's probably uh, one of my issues among, among many. Um, but it, it's a, I, I will say this, it, stress is a really tough topic. It's a tough topic because it's tough to define. It, it's tough because stress, um, people, people de- deal with stress differently. Everybody deals with stress differently. And, and there's, there's good stress and, there, and there's bad stress. Um, l- let, me, let me illustrate it this way if I could for you. My wife, um, Amy, she is, um, and I say, when I say deathly afraid, it, it's, it's, a, it's a deal in her life and, and a deal in our marriage sometimes. She has this amazing, genuine fear of heights. Anyone else deal with a fear of heights? Okay, this guy, you, and then several people in the other building, all right? Um, a few others. But it, it stresses her out in a bad way so much that, so when we're driving over a bridge and there's a, like a, a body of water underneath, I, I will go into the left lane, stay over there as far as I can, and she will still say, keep your eyes on the road, keep your eyes on the road. I know there's beautiful rivers in our country. I haven't seen one of them. In over 20-something years, okay? Because I'm just eyes on the road, eyes on the road. You have a, the Kansas River. I know it's here, but I didn't see it yesterday. Um, but, but I actually love heights. And so when she and I are you know, on a cliff or a mountain or something like that, I try to get close to the edge just to mess with her a little bit. But also I get a rush from it. But that's good stress for me, but really, really bad stress for her. So back in 2014... We had this little crazy idea to gather all of our missionaries from all over the world and to bring them to Italy. And we said, we're going to put them on a cruise and we're going to, they, they, they would never be able to do this, never be able to afford this, but we're just going to love on them and their kids for seven days. We're going to cruise around the Mediterranean, kind of stop at different places. Wouldn't you like to be a missionary at Westridge? <laughs> um, and, and we're just going to do, just, we're going to love on these families because that, you know, some of them are in Africa and Cambodia and it's like, these people need some love. So... Um, we ended up, one of the places that we stopped was uh, this little town in France, and we were on this cliff overlooking the Mediterranean. And this right here is the largest, it's, it's the tallest point uh, of any place overlooking the, the Mediterranean Sea. Now, I want you to know that when, we, when I took this picture right here, that actually was pretty good stress for both of us. I mean, Amy's heart starts beating fast, but I'm like, this is beautiful, right? Now, I want you to know, this is when the stress started to kind of go in different ways for her and different ways for me. Um, here's a picture that we took together with that background behind us. Now, what you don't see is the grip that she has on me. All right? My love handles were getting a workout right here. She has got the death grip on me, and she is saying, don't move back, don't move back, don't move back, don't move back. And I'm like, let's move back, let's move back. Um, then the stress kind of really went off the rails when I did this. Um, <laughs> And, and, but you don't know what I'm saying to her through under that smile. I'm moving back. I'm moving back. And she's like, don't move back. And then this guy, one of our missionaries from Spain did this. Now that's not, that's just stupid right there. Okay. So that created stress for everybody, but, but everyone in the room, we, we all deal with stress differently, right? And, and we deal with bad stress differently. And that's really the issue that I want to talk about here today. Uh, because bad stress, it, it, it's an issue. It's an issue for all of us. It can, can cause some people to overeat and some people to lose their appetite. Um, if you're like me, it can cause you to have sleep issues. Um, for some people, it can, can create depression inside of them or anxiety or even fear. It can, it can lead to, to heart issues, health issues, and you know, if it's not managed well. So, so we have to figure out how do we manage this? How do we address that mess of stress? Well, 
As hard as it is to pin down, I want to try to take a swing at defining it if I could. The American Institute of Stress, which is found at stress.org, stress has its own website, by the way, defines bad stress this way. Bad stress is a state of mental or emotional strain or tension resulting from adverse or very demanding circumstances. A state of mental or emotional strain or tension resulting from adverse or very demanding circumstances. Stress can, can initiate this, for some people, a fight. They want to fight. For other people, they, they, want to, they, want to, they go into flight mode or they want to run away from things. Stress ultimately comes when expectations exceed results. Stress comes when expectations exceed results. We can go online right now. We can see all kinds of scary statistics on how um, stress is impacting this current generation of middle schoolers and and high schoolers and even college-age students. There are some very alarming articles out there right now. And and we know social media just pours fuel on all that. Well, if if, if we were here today, and let's just say we weren't in a church and this was a seminar just on stress, and we, we just left Jesus and the Bible out of the whole conversation, I might talk to you today about the importance of sleep or the importance of exercise or the importance of, of eating properly or the importance of you know, maybe just resting and meditation, all which I think are, are, are very important to managing stress, but they really don't get down to the root of the issue on how we should be looking at this challenge or looking at this issue. They, issue. they, they don't help us change our point of view when expectations exceed um, results. And they certainly don't point us to an example of someone who understood and experienced all of the trials, all of the, the, the painful emotions, all of the, the challenges and setbacks and disappointments and, and stresses that we have all faced, and yet was able to do all of that without sinning, without fighting, without fleeing, without sinking into depression, without getting heart issues, and, and certainly without losing his mind. And here's the good news. We have that example here today. The Bible gives us that example, and his name is is Jesus. We have a Savior who understands everything that we're going through every single day. In other words, he gets it. He gets it because he's experienced it. He's dealt with everything that we've dealt with, okay? And you think about even more so the trials that he went through, the haters just that followed him around, the, the critics, the doubters. Just the exhaustion that he, that he felt, the, the, the demanding schedule, people always pulling at, you know, for his attention, the lack of sleep, the travel, walking from place to place through really demanding you know, terrain, uh, uh, the temptations he went through. He gets all of it. And yet the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 5, that, that we have this high priest in Jesus who, who understands our weaknesses, and it says, for he has faced all the same testings we do, and yet he did not sin. That, he, that means he's, he understands your life. He understands all of your emotions. He, he understands all of the moments that create stress inside of you, the, the good moments and the bad moments where, where the bad stress is taking over and doing a number on you, when, when the expectations are exceeding um, results and, and stress is making you feel the need to either flee or fight or to sink or to hide. And it's in those moments that he is delivering every redemptive promise that he's ever made to you. It's in, it's in those moments that he's working to rescue you from you to rescue you from you. Ultimately, why? To make you more like him. Well, if the goal is to make you more like him and he understands and he's experienced all of the stresses, the stresses that we experience, the bad, the good, the ugly, then we need to ask ourselves the question, how did he do that? Because he, he, was, he was God, but he was man, 100% both. He, he, how did he do it? How was Jesus able to cope with stress? 
Did he exercise every day? Did he, did he you know, get a good eight hours of sleep every night? Did he eat the right foods? Did he, did he take the right vitamins and minerals? I don't know if this is a deal here in Lee Summit, but it is in Dallas, Georgia. Did he, did, did he use the right blend of essential oils? You know, hey, Jesus, I got an oil for you, you know? Um, I have no idea what he did. Please don't approach me after the service, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm running out the door and I'm going to a baseball game, all right? Um, I have no idea if he did any of those things, but here's what I do know. He approached everything he did, everyone he encountered, everything that was placed in front of him, whether the good, the bad, everything, every hand he was dealt, he approached it with two core fundamental understandings about himself. And here's the first thing. He knew who he was. He knew who he was. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, in the very beginning of Jesus's earthly ministry in, in, in the book of Mark, Mark records this in chapter one. It starts in verse nine. He says, in those days... Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn apart, being open, torn, torn open, and the spirit descending on him like a dove and a voice. Who was the voice? The voice of God the Father came from heaven and said these words, you are my beloved son. Jesus was, was the father's beloved son. Last year, uh, I read a book called The Father Effect by a guy named John Finch. And it's all about how to find hope and healing from a dad's absence in your life. How, how do you change your legacy as a person, as a parent, when you've lost a father through uh, maybe a dad abandoned you or maybe um, your, your dad died or there was a divorce or there was maybe just disinterest? How do, how do you deal with that? And I believe that's one of the biggest issues in society right now, the father effect. So much of how we deal with stress is, is rooted in how we were fathered. When, when expectations exceeded results. And so when that happens, with, with a lot of people, and I, and I see this all the time, there's a void inside so many people, especially young men, who, who never got affirmed or approval from a father because maybe he wasn't there. Or maybe the father was there, but there, there are deep wounds from, from his, his presence in your life. And as a result, maybe today, you're dealing with shame. Shame says, I'm just, no matter what I do, I'm just not enough. Or maybe you deal with the need to prove yourself or the need to, to feel approval. Or maybe you deal with fear. And all of those things, what do they do? They create stress in our lives. Listen, I, I want to say something to all of you here today. Okay? For those of you who, you, you remember this moment in your life where you receive salvation into your life. Journey Church, I want to say this to you. Men, you are a beloved son of God. You are a beloved son of God. You're a beloved son of God. Women, you are a beloved daughter of God. You're a beloved daughter of God. You're, you're a beloved daughter of God. Listen, listen, listen to, to the words of your father for just a moment. First John chapter three, verse one says, see what great love the father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. That is what we are. When you became born again, you were saved, okay? You, you received salvation into your life. You became a son or a daughter of God, deeply loved. Now we know circumstances are gonna attempt to make you feel different. Our enemy, Satan, he, he's gonna do everything he can to steal that truth from you. But it's who you are. It's who you are and it's who you're becoming. It is, it, it's your true identity. That's who you are to God the Father and that's who he is to you. Now, what does that mean? What does it really mean to be a beloved son, a beloved daughter of God? Well, um, last year, my boys, I have two sons, Zach and Taylor. Together, we went through a, uh, reading a book um, called The Heart of a Warrior. 
And this author, Michael Thompson, he, he says this. He says, a beloved son or daughter is one that experiences the unconditional love of his father in a way that deeply impacts him or her with nothing to hide, nothing to prove, and nothing to fear. And he goes on to say that this kind of love leaves a mark. It leaves a mark. It, is, it has encouraging and, and empowering, empowering effect on a son or a daughter. And because of it, he says, a man or a woman is set free. Now think for just a moment of how much stress is created in our lives by the need to hide something or to hide from something or, or to the need to prove ourselves or, 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 or just fear, what fear does to us. Listen, watch out, watch out if you really ever get a grip on who you really are, on who you really are in Christ. Jesus knew who he was. He was a beloved son of the Father, a, a beloved son of God, and it marked his life, it marked his ministry. And that truth, that truth gave him the freedom to do two things. If you're taking notes, I want you to write down the word receive. Receive, to receive means to take in something that is either given or, or, or awarded. Our, our minds, think about this for a moment. Our minds are constantly processing information. Always turning, the, the wheels are always turning. Processing information that we receive. And here's, here's, the ba- here's what bad stress, what it does to so many people. We, we take in bad thoughts, we take in false ideas, and we take in untruths very easily, but we leave the good thoughts and the right ideas and the truth, we, we leave that stuck at the door, don't we, sometimes? Why, why do we do that? Well, because we've never allowed the truth that we're a beloved son or daughter to really, really sink into our hearts into, and just, just to permeate our minds and our hearts and the, the place where all of our thoughts are processed. And that's where the enemy jumps in. That's, that's how he works on our hearts. And, and you just need to know, here's his agenda for us. Even as followers of Jesus, knowing that he can't have you, but here's his agenda. To make you feel like you must serve to be loved. Okay? I gotta do something to get something from God. To make you question your worth or your, or your value, regardless of what the word says. To, to cause you to, to be suspicious or untrusting, Right? Or, or to make you turn inward for self-reliance or self-dependence. Or to make you place conditions on relationships or, or, or on matters of love. To make you turn to other things or, or to other people to find your self-worth. Ultimately, to make you believe that the love of God has to be earned through service rather than given to you freely by grace. A grace that none of us deserve. And listen, if Satan can get that agenda inside of you, and if he can get it to fuel you and empower you, then he can, he can just crush you. He can destroy you. He can devastate you. Do you, see, do you see how this relates to stress? I mean, it's huge. It's a huge deal. That's why we need to let this powerful truth be our mantra. You know, uh, my wife and I, we started prayer, prayer walking around our church um, about three years ago. And, and uh, we, we do it every morning. We've got a big dog who needs a lot of exercise. And, and uh, so with that, we just started praying together. And we start this off just praying these words over our lives. I'm a beloved son of God. And therefore, I'm a beloved daughter of God. Therefore. Now, think about this. You're a beloved son of God. You're a beloved daughter of God. Can't earn it. We don't deserve it. But what do we do? We receive it. I receive his love freely. I, I I, I, I choose to let him speak words of truth and affection over my life every single day, realizing that this is what settles me. This is what takes the stress off. This is what makes my life feel whole. You see, when expectations are exceeding results and and stress is overwhelming you, hear the words the Father wants you to receive. This this is his agenda for you. I see you, okay? I see you. 
I, I, I know you, I'm with you, I understand you, I made you, and I want you to know I love you. See, the Father's agenda has to overtake the enemy's agenda in our lives if we're going to overcome the issues that we're dealing with. If we're really going to address the mess, the mess and, we're, and, we're, and we're going to really deal with something like stress. And I want to ask you this, this, this question, regardless of, of your age here today or how long you've been walking with Jesus, how, when was the last time you just allowed yourself to receive that kind of truth over your life? When was the last time that you just allowed yourself to feel loved in the first place? Jesus, you think about it, he could handle stress. He could handle the challenges that he went through because he knew who he was. He knew that he was a beloved son and, and he allowed himself to receive that love from the father and it allowed him to be able to receive love from others as well. Here's another word I want you to write down. I want you to write down rest. It, it allowed him to rest. One of the things, when I studied Jesus, um, and, and just this is a man, one of the things that I admire about him just as a person was his ability to walk away from his followers and, and to walk away from work and to, to just turn it off, to just rest. Think about this for a moment. Everywhere Jesus went, crowds of people followed him. People were always trying to get him to do something for them. They, they always had an agenda. Jesus, come to my house. Jesus, heal my daughter. Jesus, would you cast a demon out of my son? Jesus, would you preach in my synagogue? Would you minister to someone? I mean, it's just, just endless. And then to add to that, he had crowds of haters that were constantly criticizing him. He, he, he had people constantly questioning his teaching, questioning his credentials, I mean, questioning his calling, trying to have him arrested, ultimately calling for his death. His own disciples who walked with him for three and a half years, they struggled to understand him. They actually, at a, at a key moment in Jesus' life, they fought over his affection. You think about Jesus' half-brother James. It wasn't until after the resurrection that he finally got over his struggle to believe who he actually was. I mean, imagine growing up in that house. Jesus sinned. No, he didn't. No, I saw it. No, he never sins. Come on. But think about Jesus. Expectations everywhere. The man had every reason to be completely stressed out. And yet we know, we see in the Bible that every day he got up in the morning, he would slip away to a solitary place so he could spend time with his father. Just talking to him, praying. Every day he would just retreat. Mark chapter six tells us the story of, of Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist. He's being, being killed, he was beheaded. You think that's a moment that would stress all of us out, right? And there were so many people around Jesus at this moment, his disciples. The Bible says, uses the words coming and going, coming and going, coming and going. So much that the disciples didn't even have time to eat. And instead of Jesus saying, okay guys, I know we're in a tough season right here, all right? Cousin John's getting, getting killed, Work is crazy. I mean, we're overwhelmed. This is one of those moments. We need to dig in. We need to grind more. We need to work harder. Let's, we're going to stay up late. We're going to get up early. First one's in, first one's out. Listen to what Jesus says instead. Mark 6, 31. He says, guys, come with me. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and let's get some rest. I mean, things are going off the rails here. And Jesus knew that when the disciples were physically and emotionally and mentally exhausted, too busy to even to attend to their own, to their own physical needs, it, was, it wasn't time to, to, to grind. It was time to withdraw and rest. It was time to pull away. And here's one of the reasons why so many people struggle with stress is they don't rest. They don't rest. There's, there's no rhythm built into their lives every single day or even a, a moment where they withdraw weekly just to rest. And some of you can relate to exactly what I'm talking about. Um, Christian, he knows. I mean, he, he was a college football player. I was a college baseball player. 
This is something, when you're an athlete, it's something ingrained in you. You work harder, you grind more, you, you keep going, you keep going, you keep going. And so when you flip that upside down and you're following Jesus, it, it's just, if you can't do that, it's part of the stress and you just, you don't, you don't rest well. And some of you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. You, you, you don't know how to sit still and shut things off. You just got to keep moving. Ladies, moms, you, you, you don't feel like, like enough is enough. And because of that, you're, you're never enough. You're never enough. No matter what you do, you're never enough. Young adults, students, I mean, you, you feel pressure hitting you from every side. And as I said earlier, social media just pours fuel on that. You have to be this. You have to look like this. You have to act like this. And you say, why? Where, where does all of this come from? Maybe wounds. You've been wounded by somebody. A father, a mom. Maybe... maybe you just, you're trying to prove yourself. You're trying to get validation. You're, you're, there, there, maybe there's a big fear of failure in your life, a fear of, of failing someone, not living to someone's ec- up to expectation. Expectations are exceeding results. Many, many times they're, they're rooted in a, in, a, in a broken relationship with a father. Sometimes it's, it's a mom. Sometimes it's a sibling. But more, more than not, more than anything, it's rooted in an unhealthy understanding of God the Father. And who you are. I mean, I, I, Amy and I, we've talked about this issue with so many people. Men, women, young adults, students. I mean, we, Christian mentioned the, the, the work that we do with, with church planners. I mean, I cannot tell you how many young pastors that I've talked to about this issue right here. Just grinding, grinding, do more, do more, work harder, you know, outwork everyone. And, and this is kind of how the conversation goes with some of these guys. And, and Amy has the same conversations with women. And I'll, I'll, I'll listen to them talk to me. And I, at some point, I would just put my hands on their shoulders. And I'll say, look at me in the eyes. You are a beloved son of God. And the tears start flowing. I've watched Amy wrap her arms around a woman after they've just poured her heart out to her. And she'll just say, you're a beloved daughter of God. He not only wants you to receive the good things that he has for you, but he wants you to receive his love. Listen, he doesn't just love you. He likes you. And, and, and the word's back to us. Oh, it can't be so. It has to be earned. It has to be worked for. It has, it's too good to be true. Listen, no, no, no. He not only wants to spend time with you every day, he wants you to rest. He wants you to stop moving, stop grinding, stop working, and refresh and rest. And more than anything, he just wants you to rest in his love. Just rest in his love. And the word's back to us. It, it just can't be so. I can preach this to other people, but I can't receive it myself because I got to keep grinding. I got to keep moving. I got to keep working. I got to keep doing, doing. It's just too good to be true. Expectations are exceeding results. And you talk about stress. Jesus, God's son, the one who, who came to show us how to live on this earth, he knew who he was. He was the beloved son of God. And because of that, he could receive good things from his father. He could receive love from his father freely because he, he knew that it couldn't be earned. It was just the benefit of being a son. It's just the benefit of being the son. And because of that, he could rest. He could slip away in the morning. I mean, the world was going crazy outside of, of him and yet he could just slip away in the morning and spend time with his father. Why? Because he needed it. Think about that. Jesus needed it. He needed intimacy with dad. He, he, need, he needed his father to speak words of, of, of love and, and, and affirmation and adoration over his life. 
He could slip away from the crowd. He could retreat. He could take a day off. He could take a vacation with, without guilt if he, if he needed to because he, needed, he knew, I, I can't keep going at this pace. I gotta be refreshed. I, I have to rest. It was okay to stop working. It was okay to, to stop grinding, to stop moving. He had nothing to prove. He was the beloved son of God. I wanna just give you some practical straight talk for just a moment if I could, Okay. You need to spend time alone with God every day in his presence. Now, I grew up, for me, it was like I did that because I was like checking a box. And there was this belief, if if I don't spend with God, bad things are going to happen today. If I don't spend spend time with God and I play a baseball game and if I pitch poorly, it's because I didn't spend time with God. That's crazy, wacky thinking, okay? Listen, we need to just spend time with God every single day just letting him love on us. Just Just being intimate with him. Letting him speak life into your life. I wrote these words down last year, and I'll just share them with you right now. Trying to live for God apart from intimacy with God leads to irritation with people and bitterness at God. Trying to live for God apart from intimacy with God just leads to irritation with people and bitterness at God. We, just, we need every day just to be in his presence. The second thing is we just need to learn to value Sabbath rest just to allow ourselves to be refreshed, to be rejuvenated, How was Jesus able to cope with stress? He knew who he was. He was the beloved son of God. Here's the second thing, the the second core fundamental value that Jesus knew. He knew where to find his self-worth. If you think about, go back to Mark chapter one, verse 11. I I read almost the whole verse to you, but I I stopped short. Here's what it says. And a voice came from heaven, God the Father speaking over Jesus. And he said, you are my beloved son. And then he says, with you, I am well-pleased. I love how one commentator kind of takes that a little further. He describes the words well-pleased this way. He says, you are chosen and marked by my love, the pride of my life. Chosen and marked by my love, the pride of my life. I mean, just imagine how, how empowered Jesus must have felt to hear, him father say, hear his father say that to him. To hear those words just spoken over his life, in front of his cousin, in front of his friends, in front of his half-brother. This is, this is my beloved boy right here. This is my son. He's chosen and marked by my love. He, he is the pride of my life. I mean, can you imagine having that kind of validation spoken over your life by dad? I mean, Jesus never struggled with feeling the need to be validated or accepted. He had everything he needed. It, it, he, was, it, he, was, he was good with dad. His father was pleased with him. His father was proud of him. He didn't have to look outside of that for, 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 for acceptance or security or validation or, or, or anything because he had everything he needed from his father. And this brings up a major stress point for every one of us in this room, everyone in the world. Is the question is, where do you find your self-worth? There's a business website, um, Inc.com. They had an article uh, a while back that Here's the title, Five Unhealthy Places Where People Find Their Self-Worth. Secular business website. Number one, appearance. I find my self-worth there, your, your appearance. Number two, your, your net worth. Number three, who you know, who you don't know. What do you do? What don't, don't you do? What you achieve, all right? If you're stressed out today, there's a good chance that, that your stress is connected to one of those things. And here's how it plays out in your mind. If, if I look good today, then I'm going to feel good about myself. If I don't, watch out. Okay? If, 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 if I have money or if I have as much money as so-and-so, then I'm going to feel good about myself. But until then, I'm going to keep grinding. 
If I have these friends or if, I, if I'm accepted by this group of, of people or if I get enough followers or get enough likes, then I'm, then I'm going to feel good about myself because that's what's validating me. If I have the right job or the right title, work is good, then, then I'll feel good about myself. Or if I achieve this goal or accomplish this big thing, then, man, then I'll really be happy. Then I will really feel like I've arrived. I'm, I'm satisfied. I don't know if y'all deal with this in Lee Summit like, like we do in Dallas, Georgia, but I will tell you this, in our area, this is a big deal. If my kids, if my kids look good, if they have the right friends, go to the right school, achieve enough success in sports or whatever it is that I, that I place value on, then, then I'll feel good about myself. Then I'll really feel some satisfaction. How many of you have figured out by now that if you're trying to find self-worth in anything that I just mentioned, you are riding on a big, bad train called the Big Stress Express? Let me speak some straight truth into your life for just a moment, if I could. When you become born again, when you become saved, when you receive salvation into your life, here are the words that God the Father speaks over your life. You are my son. You're my my beloved son. You, you You are my daughter, chosen and marked by my love. You're the pride of my life. You're the pride of my life. In other words, God's pleased with you. God, God, God's proud of you. He likes you. You say, wait a minute, you, you don't know me. You just came here. You, you don't know my background. You don't know my story. You don't know what I'm into. You don't know how I'm living right now. I mean, how could that be true? Here's what Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10 says. Here's what the Apostle Paul writes. He says, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you are also, you being you, you are also complete through your union with Christ. In other words, everything that Jesus needed as he walked the earth, he, he found it in his deity. He was God in the flesh. He, he got it from his, uh, from his father. As a man, he didn't have to look outside of that relationship with his father for validation or self-worth or acceptance. He was, he was complete. The Bible says he was complete right there. And here's the truth. So are you. So are you. Because of your relationship with Jesus, because of what Jesus has done for you, you are complete. That means that nothing else needs to be added for self-worth or acceptance or security or significance. Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. And see, when we start adding things like appearance or money or popularity or career or achievements or what our kids are doing to try to be for us what only Jesus can be, we start becoming stressed. Our souls start to become restless. We become impatient and irritated and anxious and we get stressed out. Why? Because expectations begin to exceed results. Why? Because anything that you try to add to find your identity and self-worth in that is smaller than Jesus will lead you on a perilous pursuit to unhappiness, on a perilous pursuit to emptiness. It will ultimately, the Bible says it will lead you into slavery, Galatians chapter five, verse one, here's what Paul writes. He says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, he says, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the, the, by the, the, the yoke of slavery. Slavery to what? It's a slavery that says, I'm not doing enough. I've not achieved enough. I'm, I, I don't have enough. Ultimately, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. And it becomes all about self. And self equals Slavery. And slavery equals stress. And Christ equals freedom. 
And we have to embrace the freedom that, that we find in Jesus alone. And we have to say, I, I refuse to go back to the bondage and the slavery that comes when I try to find my, my, my self-worth and my acceptance and my security on something smaller than Jesus. See, because of Jesus, God the, God the Father, he's proud of you. You have been chosen and marked by his love. You're the pride of his life. You're the pride of his life. And that's all we need here today for acceptance. That's all we need for self-worth. That's all we need to make it. That's all we need for security. That's all we need for validation. Jesus was able to cope with stress because even, even when, when the stress of going to the cross was just overwhelming him and the weight of, of, of your sin and my sin and the weight of the sin of the world was on his shoulders, he could do that. You say, how could he do that? Even though it was, I mean, stressing him out so much that, that blood was coming out of his skin. The weight, the thought, the burden. He could do it because he was the beloved son of God the Father. He knew where to find his self-worth. He knew that the Father was pleased with him. Dad was proud of him. And all of that just validated him. It empowered him. It marked his life. It marked his ministry. He, he had all he needed. Journey Church today at 12.04 on this Sunday afternoon. You're a beloved son of God. You're a beloved son of God. You're, you're a beloved son of God. You, ladies, listen to me. You're a beloved daughter of God. You're, you're, you're so loved, you can't, if you knew how much, you couldn't stand it. You're a beloved daughter of God. You're, you're, your father's pleased with you. Would you just let that, that truth just soak into your life? Could you, could you just today receive it for just this moment? Could you just receive it and could you rest in it? Could you, could you let it permeate your heart and, 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 and shape your thoughts? It's, it's not gonna stop your th- the trials. I want you to know that. It's not gonna stop the testing. The, the, the stress is still going to come at you. The, the, the things that cause bad, bad stress, it's still coming your way. But it will change, the truth of that, it will change how you handle those things. And then here's the bonus. Because God knows us so well. Jesus knows us. He, he's been there. He's, he gets it. He gets us. He gets you. He says, listen, when, when the stresses of life become too much, and the enemy just starts coming at you, and your heart starts lying to your head, and it's so powerful that you just go, this cannot be, this can't be untrue. This has to be true. Jesus says in Matthew 11, he says, come to me. Come to me. You don't have the grace to deal with this. So come to me. He says, all you who are weary and burdened, and he says, I'll give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and, and, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And he says, and you will find rest for your souls. He says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He says, take the stress, the bad stress, the the, the, all the things that you're trying to find validation and self-worth and security in. He said, just take the craziness, take, take the hurt, the pain, maybe what you didn't get from a dad, a mom, whoever that may have been. Take the fear, take the anxiety, take it all. Take the lies, even when it seems like, it, oh my gosh, it has to be true. Just put it on his shoulders. He's got big, broad, wide shoulders. He can handle you. You're not too much of a mess for him. And he said, receive this in, in return. You're a beloved son. You're a beloved daughter.
You're complete. Everything you need, you have it. Because Jesus is enough, you're enough. Yeah, but I gotta grind, I gotta work, I gotta pound, I gotta keep going. No. No, it's a done deal. I don't, des- I don't deserve it. I don't, I, 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 you're right, you don't, I don't. It's grace. It's just grace. God's chosen because of Jesus to look at you the moment that you receive salvation and go, loved. Chosen and marked by love. The pride of my life. The pride of my life. Anything you look out there to find security, self-worth, significance, validation, it's just not gonna work for you. You have it. You have all you need. You're complete. Would you bow your head with me for just a moment? Lord, there's so many things that we spend our time, our energy on, trying to find, trying to earn what's already ours. Because of Jesus, we're complete. He's enough. And Lord, today, would you just let us just sit here for just a moment and receive the truth the love that you've lavished on us. I'm a beloved son. I'm gonna rest in that for today. Can't earn it, don't deserve it. I'm a beloved daughter. Don't feel it, but it's true. I receive it and I rest in it. Because Jesus is enough. I'm I'm enough to you, God. Thank you. I'm gonna live out of love instead of trying to get love. It's already there. If you've never made that decision to receive this love, it's a grace that we don't deserve. And Ephesians chapter two tells us we we receive it through faith, salvation, forgiveness, a new life, not just new life here on earth, but, but eternity, knowing, having that security in your life, that you've been forgiven, that things have been right bet- made right between you and God, that you truly are a beloved son, a beloved daughter. If you've never made that decision, the father extends it to you today purchased for you by what Jesus did on the cross. And if you would just pray with me, just say, Lord, at this moment, I receive into my life what I don't deserve, salvation, forgiveness of sin, the chance to be made whole, to be made right, for you to fill in all the blanks and gaps that I didn't get from a dad or a mom here on this earth, or maybe I did, but Lord, it's never gonna be enough because only Jesus is enough. And so Father, today I receive salvation. What Jesus Christ did for me on the cross was enough And I put my faith and my trust in that alone and I receive salvation into my life. Jesus, you're the son of God. And I accept you into my life today. If you're praying that with me right now, would you just slip your hand up all over the auditorium? Just slip your hand up, just quick, quick. I'm not wanna embarrass you. Thank you. They're gonna tell you in just a moment what to do with that decision. It's so important. But Father, thank you. We leave here today validated. Words of life spoken into us. Truth. Let it, let it permeate our hearts today. Let us live from it. Beloved sons, beloved daughters, chosen and marked by love, the pride of your life. I don't deserve that, Lord. No one in here does, but we thank you for it. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen.